Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is a solo rant. Saturday, November 20th, 2021. Episode 626. Um, supposed to have Mr. George Webb. But he canceled because he is uh, a communist traitor who invented COVID-19 and released it to destroy my podcast. Such facts. Um, now he's busy. Um, so in an hour and 10 minutes, I am talking to... No. Fuck what I'm talking As always, professionally starting this podcast. In an hour and 10 minutes, I'm talking to David Hoffman. Uh, author of Billion Dollar Spy and um, also uh, Dead Hand, which is all about kind of mutual shared destruction, uh, Reagan, Reykjavik, a little bit of SDI. Um, uh, I'm not going to go too into Billion Dollar Spy right now because, well, it's I'm talking about that to him, talking to him about that in an hour and 10 minutes. Um, but in the in the chance that I don't get to talk to him about this part, because I really want to flesh this part out, and I'm not sure if we'll be able to. Do I want to do this now, or do I want to save it for him? Yeah, I think I maybe want to save it for him. Fuck. So what am I going to do now? I don't know. Maybe I'll flesh it out now, and then I'll I'll I'll. I'll talk about it with him, and if I talk about it with him better than I do now, I just won't upload this. All right, yeah, that sounds good. Peer into the mind of my split personalities. Um, so it's all about a spy in the Soviet Union, CK Sphere, codenamed CK Sphere. Everything he steals, blah, 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 blah. But it's all about finding, essentially finding stuff for air-to-air combat. And um, it's because... You know, it's like a, a little nugget of knowledge. If you can find something out, you can change. It has it has a a, a flow down effect. Um, fuck, what? How am I looking for this? It's um. Instead of going like all of human history, weaponry tit for tat, you do this, they do that. They develop spears, you develop shields. They develop catapults, you develop I, I don't know bunkers. Blah 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 blah. Back and forth. But because it is not as quick as, say, an MMA fight where you throw a punch and then in a, in, you know, a fraction of a second I dodge the punch, this happens over you know weeks, months, years, and decades. And as, uh, as the military and military weaponry becomes more and more advanced and complicated, that those, those, uh, that tr- those trading of blows occur over greater and greater periods. The... Uh, the what, what am I looking for? The the wavelength, the frequency, the these punches take longer and longer. Like so, you know, like uh, the idea of like uh, you don't want a standing army, but if we need if an if a war breaks out, all the men gather in the town square and we get ready to fight. Sure, that's great. But as as we saw going into World, War, sorry, my back kind of hurts. As we saw going into World War Two, Curtis LeMay. Curtis LeMay said when he, he'll never forget, he said, uh, Richard Rhodes said this at the beginning of Dark Sun, making of the hydrogen bomb. He quotes Curtis LeMay and LeMay saying he'll never forget the kind of paraphrasing, the pants around the ankles, scared shitless feeling of when he first got to Europe to fight the uh, air battle and realizing at the rate that we are losing planes and the rate at which we are building planes, we were going to not have an air force within 30 days. And the Nazis were nowhere near collapsing, let alone Japan. And that feeling of terror, of kind of being pushed off the edge of the cliff, and you're scratching on the dirt, and you're trying to stop yourself, and you're kind of slowing it down, but you know you're about to go over the edge. Um, and that feeling of terror, and that's why he 
was so intense about strategic air command, about uh, going from base to base and basically breaking it down and rebuilding it from the ground up, doing training exercises, um, you know, Operation Chrome Dome, having nuclear bombers in the air 24-7, having the ability to, quote, kill a nation. We want all these game plans. LeMay's Sunday Punch, where it's just about you want to be able to drop like 1,500 megatons in an hour if you need to. Like, truly to kill a fucking nation. So there's you kind of see that on one hand, and then we see Eisenhower uh, right after World War II kind of talking about, like, you can't really turn this war machine off. It took so much. It wasn't just a bunch of men getting in the town square. It was we were building tanks. We were building liberty ships, B-17s, B-29s. And it turned to this more, okay, now we're going against the Soviets. We can't exactly turn off the machine. You know, we just we just beat this team to get into the Super Bowl, we can't go out and drink and start partying because next week's the Super Bowl. So we still got to be ready to, to fucking fight. And so there are all these kind of factors about the Soviets are there. So we didn't, you know, the war's not really over. Um, and the, and the machinery is getting more complicated. So again, we can't really turn it off. And that logic is like, if war breaks out today, Saturday, November 20th, 2021, it's not just, all right, you know, everyone, battle stations. Like, no, we have these very complicated systems, these planes, all the avionics, the software, the chips, you know, where's all the material coming from? Who's fabricating the material? What about the roadways? How is the material getting to each other? Because of political gerrymandering, we have for every plane being built, the cockpits built by this corporation in this state, and then because of this politician wanting, you know, uh, kickbacks, the, uh, the the wheels are built here and the missiles are built here and then they're all assembled here and there and over here and they're being transferred here and they're blah, blah, blah and they're being assembled there and then we have our whole you know, base nation by David Vine, the generals have no clothes by Will Arkin. We have this sort of serpent coil around the world of all these different bases. It's this very complex machine that you cannot necessarily turn off. And if you do turn it off, you're not going to necessarily turn it back on in any sort of timely manner. It'd be like, um, uh, you could say like old war preparation would kind of like be having like, um, like being in a dirt field with a four wheeler or like an off road truck. We can be going this direction and then you can say, Hey, what's over there? And you can go, I don't know. You turn the wheel and the mud flies everywhere and it's not paved and it's, you know, it's all the terrains all fucked up and you're shooting at rocks, but you got these big spring. It's very kind of just brute force. Let's go over there. Let's go over here. There's some bushes there. Drive over it. You kind of just go all around versus if you're building a highway for, you know, millions of people a year. And they have all these cars that are specialized just for highways, you know, all about energy efficiency, regenerative braking, uh, you know, low acceleration. You have to have these roads, right? And well, these roads, well, what are these roads? Are they like horse paths? No, we got to we got to bring out, you know, guys have to measure everything. They have to use laser measurements. We got to clear everything. We got to get the terrain flat. Then we got to lay down the foundation and then the asphalt and then you seal it and then you paint it. It needs street lights. It needs stop signs and it's got to update the maps. When you're building a like a highway like that, you're not necessarily like, let's take a right. It's you plan everything out and it's one long thing and then you build it and you construct it. It's like a very, again, it's, it's uh, another analogy would be like it's. You know, it's like it's like building muscle versus just going for a run. Going for a run, you're like, let's go up that hill today. You just turn and go up that hill. But if all of a sudden you're like, I really want to build up my biceps, well, that takes years. And it takes different macronutrients and it takes a different schedule. You got to put in off days and you got to, you know, be measuring and make sure it's going up. And it's this much more kind of energy time intensive process. Now the results are much more concrete. It's I drank a bunch of water, my stomach's gurgling. Um, it's much more concrete. You know, it's it's you know it's tit for tat. It's well if, you know if it's easy to just turn a right and go running, it's also kind of the reward isn't that great versus 
you know, I want to build up muscle. It takes a lot more time and the results are much more slow, but it's also much, I mean, I worked out every day between like 2004 and really 2014 when I lost my brother. And then I took like five years off of hitting the gym and I really only got back into it probably this, no, probably closer to seven years off. I kind of worked out on and on, on and off at my parents' house, 2016 to 2021. But it really wasn't until I moved to my own apartment. I mean, I would say within the last three or four months that I've started regularly hitting the weights again. And I still have biceps. Like, so you have this kind of longer timeline and it's it has more staying power. So let's turn the dune buggy to the right. Okay, sure, you can rip up mud and that's great and everything. But that works for you and a friend drinking beer, driving around in a dune buggy, you know, up in New Hampshire, just shooting the shit on a weekend. That's great and all. It doesn't have the staying power of, say, a superhighway in a major city that directly contributes to the economic output. So it's different things. It's, 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 yeah, it, it, it's, it's a different thing. It's, you can get, you can get, you can just buy your iMac and that's great and all versus like, this is what I do and I do podcasts, but like my, my best friend is, he, he's a gamer, right? You go in and you can hyper specify the computer you want. Now it's going to cost like five times as much, but I mean, you can really go in and you customize everything down to like the thermal paste and the, the different graphic cards and the airflow system. And I mean, it, so it's, you're putting down more money, you're investing more time, but you can get a more hyper-specified product. And that's good if that's what you want. So um, you can't really just turn it off. So you can just take a right on the doom buggy versus well, we're building a highway. We can't slow this thing down. And if you do say, well, I want the highway to go right, that's fine. But we got to tell all the workers, hey, we're now putting a curve in the road and we got to go out and we got to measure everything. There's, there's a word I'm looking for that I, I can't, it's the guys that go out and measure with like the lasers on the tripods, not, not mapper. What, what the fuck is scale, not scalar mapper surveyor, right? I think that's it. Um, yeah, go knock down all the trees. Got to, you know, again, all right, Hey, we need more. We got to bring these dump trucks in from here. We're building this thing. It's going to the right. And that's great. And now you have the staying power. It's not just a, a hard right turn on a dune buggy. It's, it's now it's, it's the six lane, the 12 lane highway, right? I mean, it's again, it's not the tiny, Oh, we just build a dirt road that way. It's the, it's the highway going through Atlanta, six lanes on each side, median lights. I mean, it's, you know, off ramps on ramps. It's just this beautiful construction but again, you don't just turn it on and off. And I know I'm just kind of shitting out analogies right now. Again, um, uh, 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 Last Platoon by Bing West. I've never actually heard it before. Or, or not obviously, I've heard his book. Heard of how like a forward operating base is built. And he did a really cool little section. But they kind of go in there with these helicopters. The, you know, they drop in these bulldozers. And they've got this thing, you know, just like the military. It's down to military precision bulldozers come in they flatten out the land the next thing they have like uh, the next thing they immediately put up is like marines right and then they have helicopters come in and drop in the artillery pieces and then they drop when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Drop in all like the, the 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 materials for like building a wall around it, and then electricity, and they've got this whole thing for a forward operating base, right? Like a, it's you know they, they can set it up anywhere, anytime, right? Something happens, we go fucking build this thing now. Hurricane Katrina happens, all right? We're taking over this parking lot and we're building it and we're turning it into like a like a, a base. That's great. That's not the same as NORAD. NORAD, you don't just pick up and move. You have surveyors. Well, first you think tank it. You send it to the Rand Corporation. And the Rand Corporation goes, you're going to want one, a mountain, two, preferably a granite mountain because that's the hardest rock. And three, you want it 
in the most as as close as you can get to the center of the United States geographically, so that you have the most amount of time from early warning radar for bombers and missiles. You find that you find Cheyenne Mountain. You go in, you survey, you see how are you going to do it. You got to bring it. A lot of it's you have all these engineers. You got to compartmentalize it. You got to understand which way you're going to put it through. And then halfway through, you find out the, the core of the mountain is rotting. So you got to improvise and you got to bring in was it Livingston with the 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 rock the rock bolting. The torque, whatever it was, the torque poundage, whatever the fuck it is, and uh, you got to blast it out. And then you got they put it in like a, a metal or a concrete or metal sphere. And then you're putting the buildings, and the buildings are on springs. Each spring made from an entire ingot, and then on it you have all the buildings which are wrapped in metal, so it can deflect an EMP. And then you have the blast waves. You have the rest. You don't just you don't just pick up halfway through. You know when Hurricane Katrina happens, you don't just go. Or uh, 2020, right? Uh, inauguration of Joe Biden, January 20th, 2021. That is, a, that is an example of you can go in quickly, right? Bring in all the troops, put up the fencing. You have the barracks, or not barracks, you have the, the, the traffic stops. You can kind of, still slow, it took like a week or two, but they did it all, right? And you can kind of do this, but it's not... It's not like they said, oh, you know, January 6th happened and we have 14 days till the inauguration. Now we need a bunker. If they asked that, they'd still be doing the blueprints now almost a year later. So what I'm getting at is like there are these two types of things where you have to kind of be invested. And that's what Eisenhower talked about, you know, beware the influence of the military industrial complex. But I also don't think he was necessarily 100 percent hip. I don't think he was 100% against it. I think he was saying, like, here's this beast, but just beware of it. You know, like, hey, we're going out and drinking tonight. Let's make sure no matter how fucked up we get that someone calls an Uber and let's not drive because it's not worth a DUI in jail time. But let's still go have fun. I think that's what he was saying because he recognized that you can't necessarily turn this machine off because if war breaks out, you can slow it down. You can kind of like a dial. You can kind of turn it down a little bit. Maybe we don't need a some of the Boeing plants or Lockheed plants in World War II. They're they're cranking out a plane like every hour and four minutes or something. Well, maybe if we're not at war and it's 1947, like sure, maybe you can kind of turn it down to maybe we're doing a plane every day or every week or something. Just you know, but you keep all the skilled workers there. You keep the flow of materials. I mean, the flow of materials, they're all assembled here. Well, where were the sheet metal made? Where are the propellers made? Okay. And then where were those made? Well, we got wood from this forest. Well, we, you know, we got, you know, iron ore from here. Well, where's the iron ore from? Or, you know, well, they dug it up from this mine, this strip mine. So you have all these, you have to kind of keep it going. You know, you, you can really slow it down. You can bring it down to like a trickle. Like I could do like, two podcasts a week instead of 10. You could slow it down. I would still go to the gym. I would still kind of do my routine. I would still stay up to date on audiobooks and emailing guests. But you wouldn't just turn it off because you turn it off, you get lazy, you kind of fall out of a rhythm. Like right now, like I'm down to a system. I get up, I get up, I make my bed, I start the dryer because I do the laundry overnight so I don't have to hear it while I'm playing video games. So I start the laundry when I go to bed, hit the dryer as soon as I wake up, I make my bed, I open the blinds, I put on my workout clothes, I start playing an audiobook, I have an alarm that goes off every 15 minutes when I listen to an audiobook, and I speed up the, the rate at which it reads by 0.1, so, and I start at 1.5 speed, so every 15 minutes I'm 1.6, 1.7, and it's a way to kind of speed up, speed up, speed up. And you, if you just jump right into 2x, you, you can't really pay attention to it. But if you just speed it up slowly, it's like slowly speeding up the treadmill. You can stick with it. Um, yeah, get dressed, go to the gym, go to the gym, and I go on the treadmill. And that's what I do there is every, every 0.1 miles, I speed it up by 0.1 miles per hour. When I'm on the treadmill, I email two guests a day. I'm I'm taking in all the data from the podcast. I open up my Excel sheet and I'm going through how many subscribers do I have on BitChute? How many views do I have? How many subscribers do I have on Rumble? How many subscribers do I have on Odyssey? Uh, how many listens do I have on Spotify? Um, what is my weight? 
I take, I check in my bank account. I, I, I manually write down the, the, the balance of my bank account, my weight, how many calories did I eat yesterday? Am I under or below where I want to be? And I also keep a list of like how many books have I listened to this year? So, and I only started doing that this past August right now. I'm at 21 books, I think. So September, October, so three months I've listened to 21 audiobooks. How many books? What's the name of the book? Who's the author? Just so I kind of I'm keeping myself up to date. And once a week, I take a day off, get a little beer, get a little pizza, play some video games, sleep in, be fat and lazy. And I don't do it there. And then I don't do any work on that day off. But it's only one day. And then the next day, I immediately get back into it. So I'm keeping this machine fine tuned. If you just said, don't do anything for two months, and then I want you to crank out five podcasts in a week, it couldn't it couldn't be done. It's because the first day back on after my off day is it's kind of slow, but I get a little qu- and again, like the audiobook speeding up or the treadmill speeding up even throughout my week, the second day is more productive than the first, the third more productive than the second, fourth, fifth, and then the sixth is kind of less productive than the fifth because I'm tired and that's where I am right now. Um, but tomorrow's my off day, so I'm going to have some pizza and beer after this, um, but it's a system, right? I don't live with anyone. I don't have friends. I, well, I do have friends. I think I have friends. I have some friends. I don't have any friends nearby, so I don't have a social life. I'm not going out and partying. I'm not kind of – every day is scheduled. I don't just take a, you know, an hour off and let's go grab lunch. That's not – no, everything is – it's very tight. It's very buttoned up. It's very regimented. You know, I go to bed at the same time. I wake up at the same time. And when you understand all the parameters of what you're doing and you get it down pat – you can start to tighten up. You know, when you first start driving a car, you're thinking about, okay, you know, 10 and 2, hands on the steering wheel, foot on the gas, okay, you check my left, right, versus now you've been driving for, you know, what, 15 years. Yeah, now you're just kind of whipping around, blah, 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 doing this. You can be on the phone, you can be listening to an audiobook, whatever, and you're not really, you're fine, you got it down pat. When you get your regiment or when you get your routine very regimented and you get it very tight, you understand it. You can start moving within that much more quickly. Start speeding up the audiobook. You can start doing two. Maybe I don't want to do two guests a day. Maybe I don't want to email two guests a day. Maybe I have a little extra time on this day. Maybe I'll email 10 guests. And now I know that I have the next five days of guests kind of hammered out. But it's a routine. It's a system. It's not just a thing I do. You know, when I go, when I would go hang out with my friends in Baltimore and we'd kind of just be drinking and smoking pot or something, I'd be thinking like, Oh, like I couldn't like hang, I couldn't live here and also do the podcast. Like the podcast isn't just on the surface. It's like, yeah, what do you mean? It's an hour a day. It's not an hour a day. It's, it's 24 hours a day. It's, you have to sleep the right amount. You have to go to the gym. You have to be clear and kind of, you can't just wake up and do it. You got to hit the gym. You got to hit the weights. You got to take a cold fucking shower. You got to meditate. You got to focus on your breath and you have to go inside and calm the thoughts. I mean, you get Put on clean clothes. You got to make sure all the lights and the cameras are working. You got to make sure you're up to date. Who are you talking to? What's their book? What's their background? What are you going to reference? Blah, blah, blah. And then when it's over, you got to edit it. You got to throw it on the iMovie. You got to frame it. You got to move this. You got to split screen or picture in picture. And you got to change the lighting and change the color. And then you got to tweak up the audio and uh, raise the raise the bass level. And then you got to get rid of the hissing in the background because these shitty Chinese lights I have kind of hiss, which is a weird thing that my lights hiss. But you do that, and then you gotta then you gotta export it, and then you do that, and then okay, now what am I putting in the title? TPC six two six solo rant about blah 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 blah, blah. or you know TPC six two seven with Mr. David Hoffman talking about billion dollar spy. This is about David Hoffman. What's his bio? Who are we putting in him there? Where do you buy the book? You buy the book here and here and here. And then at the very bottom, what do you have? And then the bottom half is mine. Hey, follow me on BitChute, Rumble, Odyssey, Spotify. Go buy merch here. Go check it out here. Blah, 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 blah. You have that whole system. Now you got to upload. You got to upload the thumbnails. Make sure the thumbnails cropped in and make sure the thumbnails are under two megabytes because the websites won't allow you to do greater than that. All right. You get everything. Once it's all up, it's uploaded. Make sure it's all processed. Okay. Get the link. Now you got to get the link. Now you got to put it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Parler, and Snapchat. And then you got to text it to friends and family groups and kind of spam it like an asshole. All right. You got all that. That's down pat. All right. Now what are we doing? Well, after this, you immediately turn on the audiobook and try to get in some more work. I normally clean up that around the house a little bit. The point is you're doing all these little things and it's a system. 
you slow it down and now I'm also trying to diet. So you got to, you know, I'm, you know, got to drink water and try not to eat because I'm a fat fuck. And you play video games, you mute it, you turn on the audiobook, and who are we having next? What guests do I have tomorrow and the next day and the next day? Uh-oh, you know, change up, wild card, this guest cancels. This guest asking, hey, can we bump it forward an hour? You see whether or not you can do that. And you're moving within this system, but when you understand the system, much like driving, you don't have to pay attention to driving. It's much easier when the when the fundamentals are taken care of, you know what time you're going to bed, you know what time you're waking up, you know what you're doing, you know when you're meditating, working out, you know what you're eating, you have the calories already mapped out, you already know what meal you're going to eat and when you're going to eat it. And you can shift within that system. Versus if you just had to go do something else and then someone said, hey, Tommy, you can crank out three episodes this week, it can't be done. So beware the military-industrial complex, it's also hey, my regimented system, like I live in a closed system, like my entire my entire apartment is like I consider it the studio, like the ventilation or, or, you know, the food or the video, like my video game center. It's a big old fucking 4K TV with an Xbox Series X, which is awesome. Just got it. And whatever video game I'm playing, am I playing Far Cry? Am I playing Flight Simulator? Am I playing Just Cause? Am I playing Grand Theft Auto? I have my big comfy chair, a big comfy chair so that I don't have to focus on anything else. I'm completely relaxed. I mute the video games. I get kind of sucked into it because the graphics are great. And I'm listening to an audio book. And I'm, so I call my video game center. It's not really my entertainment center. It's my, it's my information download center. It's where I completely remove all other stimuli, not standing, not worrying about sitting up, not worrying about, you know, walking around or doing laundry. I'm just in a chair holding a controller. And I'm just doing something simple, like flying around. I don't play new video games when I do that. I play video games that I know like the back of my hand. So again, like driving, I don't have to focus on it. I'm just kind of doing it. And when I do that, I fall into rhythms where I'm getting the book, audio books up to 2.7, 2.8, 3.0 speed. And you can really rip it all in. This is sort of like the military industrial complex. It's the podcast complex. Beware its influence. What would its influence be? influences, hey, you got to have this system, you know, you got to have this if you want to fight a war, you got to have this system. But it also means, hey, you you do also kind of live like a hermit. You're not going to necessarily have a pop in social life. You're not just grabbing brunch somewhere. You're not, no, six days a week, I'm cut off from the world. I'm in my own fucking like hermetically sealed system. And you could say that is beware the influence of the military industrial complex, beware the influence of the podcast complex, because you're doing this nonstop and this does remove your ability to do other things. On the flip side, it also gives you the ability to not even be two years old with this podcast and knocking out badass guests left, right, and center. We have the military industrial complex, it's got an $800 billion budget a year you also have the ability to assert global influence on every nation and be able to take the next five biggest nations combined and be able to keep free and open, you know, trade lanes and you have the U S dollar as the, uh, the, what was it? Um, what's the what word am I looking for? The reserve, the reserve, uh, currency. So it's all these different things. So now we've been going for about, 30 minutes, and I haven't really gotten into what I was going to get into, but whatever. Um, the point of all of it is these very entrenched and hyper-specific and complex systems. Intel is disproportionately valuable. So when you're building the highway, instead of we got to have all the workers here because we don't know if we're going to have to make a curve or a tunnel or a bridge. If you have a guy on the ground two miles ahead who's disguised as a hunter or a guy walking his dog, but really he is surveying everything, he can then radio back to you and he's like, hey, up here you got a little bit of tunnels, so make sure you have your tunnels, tunnel guys ready next week. But that also means you don't have to use the bridge guys. Tell the bridge, you can tell the bridge guys to go take a week off and you don't have to pay them. And then, you know, next, and after that, there's a, there's like a pond. So you're going to have to have the bridge guys two weeks after that, but then you can tell the tunnel guys that they don't have to come to work. So you don't have to use those dump trucks. You get, that is saving you the highway creator so much money because if you're just building this thing, this complex system, not the doom buggy, but this 12 lane highway, 
and you don't really know what's up next. Is it a marsh? Is it wooded lands? Is it, you know, what, well, it's not really the best analogy because clearly you could see what's in front of you, but this is more so you have to look into the future, right? It's what weapon systems are you building? If you have a guy on the ground and he's out there on private property, you know, you could have a whole system of guys for the next 10 miles. This guy is working at a gas station. This guy is working at a police station. This guy is a substitute teacher in this town. But really, they're all surveying the land so you know what you're going to have to build for a highway. You're going to save so much money versus the other highway company that doesn't have that intel. And they got to make sure every day they have their dump truck guys, their bridge guys, their tunnel guys, their whatever versus you you know what's coming you know that the, the 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 deck is stacked so when it's us versus the soviets having that intel and having this hyper complex system that you can't turn off the military industrial complex if you know what they're doing then you can prepare for it so like xbox playstation xbox 360 PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, PS3, Xbox 360, PS2, Xbox, right? They're all years apart. It's this slow tit for tat. And then once they come out, you can't change it at the last second. You have little variations along the way. You have like S or PS Slim or whatever. But you're moving on this path where it's like, you got to know what they're doing. I'm sure that's exactly what's going on. I'm sure there's South Park console wars, but you probably have corporate espionage going because you don't want to wait until Christmas 2020 to find out that, oh, fuck, they put this. Well, we're going to have to include that in our next Xbox in Christmas 2025 versus if you have someone who's working there and they're like, hey, they're, you know, they're using fucking 8K processing cards. Like you make your move now. So by having a spy, there is so much intel I mean, having a spy during war is one thing, man. But having a spy knowing what you have to put in your next weapon system is the billion-dollar spy. So that's what this guy was doing, CK Sphere. And I can never remember his name because it's, you know, it's Soviet gobbledygook. But it's, it's, he was giving intel on basically how to, I believe, how to, how to counteract the MiG-29. And so our F-15, was the F-15, which we built specifically to fight the MiG-29, we didn't have to just build a fighter and then hope it could go up against a MiG-29. And the only way to hope would be, we'll just make sure it's better and everything. That's a ton of money and that's a ton of R&D. And then maybe there's 10 categories and there's really only one that matters. Okay, well, not sure now you're beating it, but now you have nine other categories that you just spent so much money on that it would be much more efficient to just beat it in that one category and then take all that excess money and just build a bigger fleet, right? So, excuse me. Right, Operation Warp Speed. They didn't know which vaccine was going to beat the virus, so build all of them, right? Now, if you had some sort of time traveler that could go ahead and say, this is the, spoiler alert, none of them fucking work, but shout out McCollum Malone. Yeah. But if you could go ahead in time and say, only this one works, this is the spike protein that works, let's just hypothetically say in another universe that this shit does work. You could come back in time and tell Pfizer and go, hey, this is the one that works. Now you don't have to pay the other three corporations, right? Now, granted, none of it matters because it's all just fucking money and, a, you know, it's the Iron Triangle or in the revolving door and they're all in each other's pockets butt-fucking each other and it's a big club and we ain't in it. And Another time. But so the F-15 was, was built specifically to destroy the MiG-29. From its chaff and flare to its cockpit layout to its missile system to its uh, look-down radar, to its high-frequency Doppler radar, the look-down-shoot-down, to its ability for different G uh, different G forces and what, really which parameters you needed to know. And then also find the MiG-29s. So you find the MiG-29 strengths and you fortify against those. And then you find its weaknesses and you facilitate your own weapons to fight back. So let's say you, let's say you know someone's going to drop a bomb on this area. Well, that's where you build a bunker. And then you find out that you know, or you could say if they're going to shoot artillery at this at this area, you know, to put in a very big, strong bunker there. 
Those are some really shitty adjectives. A very big, strong, hard, and good, and it was faster and bigger. No, you put in a very, you know, a very powerful bunker there, and then that would be going up against because you know they have really good artillery, but then you'd also find out what are some weaknesses. Well, uh, the back part of their base isn't, you know, fenced in. Okay, well, that's where we'll fucking, you know, we'll send a Delta team to go shoot them. I don't know. What, not, that wasn't a really good analogy. Not important. We find the weaknesses of the MiG. You find out where their blind spots are. We know that in their radar system, there's this weird 90-degree angle kink when they're making like a, you know, an S-turn that that they can, and this is their pilots are trained to make S-turns or Immelman turns. And, okay, we know that there's this blind spot in their radar. We're going to make sure that we have the ability to pull in tight and shoot a Sidewinder missile or a Sparrow missile or whatever. So it's all these things that lead up to the perfect ability to beat the shit out of your opponent, Right. It's knowing the football team you're playing. It's knowing their playbook. It's knowing their calls. So instead of having to bolster up every part of your team, you're just like, hey, we know that they're, I don't know shit about football. We know that, we know that their weakness is here. So we're just going to run it up that point every time. We know that they're really good at passing. So we're going to make sure we just have like four, you know, whatever, wide receiver, tight. I don't know the names of these. You get what I'm saying, right? Yes, of course you do. So those are the things that you're going to exemplify. So what is the point of everything that I'm saying? It's unlike MMA where it's a quick you punch, I dodge, and I. it's very slow motion. And once something starts moving, you kind of got to commit. So you want to make sure where you're hitting is a good place to hit, right? It's hypersonic missiles. You want it to move quickly. That's not a really good analogy. I'm, I'm kind of striking out on the analogies right now. But, okay, Intel for nuclear missiles. Once we launch the missile, it's going there, and it's coming down at the force of God. We'll make sure we're shooting at the exact target that we want. So in this case, a forward observer or a laser tagging a target is really what you need. So I say this entire rant to conclude with this. What if you knew you were being spied on? Would the ultimate judo move not be to feed them false information? And I know that's not some groundbreaking thing. It's misinformation. It's disinformation. Double, triple agents. I, I get that. But would you not maybe perhaps build an entire plane? Like let's say instead of us beating the Soviets with the MiG-29 and the F-15, let's say it was them and they had the spy uh, on the F-15 or something, right? Or now let's just go with the existing analogy. It's us with the F-15 spying to be able be able to construct the F-15, do all the R&D for those things. Again, a very slow process. Think of the highway analogy. To fight the MiG-29, if you were the Soviets and if you had a ton more money, let's just hypothetically say... Say they were just, they had as much cash as, you know, the United States. And you found out that there was a spy figuring out everything about the MiG-29. Well, game theory, you would get as much out of it as you could. You would keep building the MiG-29. And you would let them think that they are building the F-15, which will kill your MiG-29. But then way off in the side somewhere in the fucking woods in the middle of Russia... You start a new plane that is just completely different from the MiG-29. You don't even need a spy on the F-15 because you know, hey, if I'm building, you know, the MiG-29, which is this puzzle piece, then you can by just simple process of elimination and just, you know, opposites and, you know, the puzzle piece fits, you know the F-15 is going to have to be this puzzle piece. You would just create something that doesn't, right, like a virus evolving to have a different surface protein you would then go build something completely different. And that could be a coup. Because remember, it's not fighting really quick back and forth. It's these it's these years and decade long systems, right? When we start building a plane, I mean they're in I mean they're in R and D for a decade. They're being constructed in a decade. And by the time they're out, they're completely outdated. But it doesn't matter because so is everyone else. So we live in this weird time where our R and D is twenty years ahead and by the time we get the weapon system built and ready to go and the fleet's there, it's already a piece of shit. 
right? By the time you're shipping out the iPhone 12s, you're like, dude, we've already got the iPhone 14, like just down to his T, but we haven't built it yet, right? So it makes you think, we know the Chinese have been stealing our intellectual property, more specifically our avionics and uh, military metal, metallurgical and material science uh, R&D forever, right? And that allows them to cut out the middleman and be able to just jump ahead. Would we not, if we found out that's what they were doing, and we know that's what they're doing, would we not just keep building? So let's say, because isn't it kind of weird how like the B-29 wasn't kept, not the B-29, excuse me, the B-21 Raider, the replacement to the B-2 Spirit? Like it, it is, but it's like not, I mean, it's obviously hyper special access program classified, but at the same time, it's like not. Like everyone knows it's coming. Well, anyone that gives a shit knows it's coming. Everyone knows that it, it, it basically looks like the B2, just almost a little more minimalistic. You can you obviously deduce that it's going to have, you know, like anything, like a newer version of car, it's going to be more fuel efficient, faster, whatever, better crash safety ratings. But it's kind of weird how that wasn't, you know, like the, when the F-117 was declassified, everyone was like, what the fuck is that? Versus like everyone kind of knows about the B-21. SR-71 was so black, it, it, it talked about it wrong and you just die. That's that, not true, but... When they transported it from uh, Skunk Works to Groom Lake, and they even put it in like a these giant, I mean like giant shipping container, you know, a hundred by whatever feet. They even shaped them all different, so no one knew what the shape was. Which now that I say it out loud, isn't that isn't that amazing? Like, well, of course you would. But I mean, they had guys when they had like the tractor trailer sort of convoy going. It was all like plain clothes officers and normal looking cars, but they were all armed to the fucking teeth. They also carried bags of cash. And what they would do is, well, first of all, they had a, a, a lead team way out ahead, kind of like a presidential motorcade, how they have a team like a, a mile ahead. But they did this. They had teams like days ahead. And they went out. And actually, this kind of goes back into the whole highway analogy. But they scaled out all the highways, all the bridges, all the different roads. And they found out, hey, we're not going to be able to use this bridge. And when they would come across, hey, there's this road and there's like a tight top stop sign or something, they had guys go out ahead. Uh, they had uh, welders with like oxyacetylene torches, cut down the stop signs, and then put them right back up so no one noticed. They would travel at night, um, and uh, and then I think they actually they accidentally did hit someone. They hit like a semi semi truck, and uh, like so the legend goes, you know the guy got out and was you know it's like, or and I think I want to think I think the semi truck hit them. And so, you know, the guy got out and was like, you know, fuck, like, you know, here's my, or whatever was going on in the 60s, here's my insurance. And they were like, don't worry about it, don't worry about it. And, like, furthermore, like, came up to him with, like, a double bag, just full of hundreds. You know, with inflation, it was probably hundreds of, hundreds of thousand dollars. And they were like, serve your country, never talk about this again. Truck driver's just like, deuces. But that's the SR-71 of the F-117. I mean... You know, uh, um, Clarence Kelly Johnson telling Ben Rich when the F-117 went black, special access program. It's like, Rich, you dumb son of a bitch. This is, this, this, you're fucked because there's so much classification around it. And it kind of bogs down the whole process. It's kind of weird that the F-117 stealth was so black, whereas the B-21, everyone kind of knows about it. They do commercials about it. They do. The B-21, they did. Northrop Grumman does commercials about it. They show the silhouette on over clouds. The SR-71, so F-117 stealth bomber, B-21 stealth bomber. SR-71 reconnaissance. And then they announced in November 2013 the SR-72, which is going to be the son of the Blackbird. And it's going to go twice. Isn't it a little odd? Isn't it a little odd that they're just putting it out there? They're like, this is the thing we're doing. It's like when Stan and Kyle 
are trying to figure out 9-11 in, in, in uh, South Park. And they finally get all the way up to the Oval Office. And uh, George Bush is like, I can't let you know about it. You know, you know, all the plans for 9-11 are right here in this super secret manila folder. And he walks away and he, and he goes, oops, and he drops the folder and he looks back at them. And they're like, dude, what the fuck is going on? And it's finally like Bush and Cheney talk to him. They're like, listen, who 9-11 was a bunch of terrorists, but do you know how inept that makes us look? So we have to make the American people think that we coordinated it so they'll think we're smart. Doesn't it kind of seem like the SR-72, the B-21 Raider, I mean, the successor to the F-20, so what? So F-117, stealth bomber, B-21 Raider, stealth bomber. No, sorry, F-117, yeah, F-117, stealth bomber. Jesus. F-17, stealth bomber, B-21 Raider, stealth bomber. SR-71, stealth reconnaissance. SR-72 is supposed to be hypersonic stealth reconnaissance with perhaps strike capabilities. B-21 SR-72 are both going to have uh, uh, autonomous features. And then F-22, it's uh, stealth uh, fighter aircraft, gonna be, is being replaced by the PCA, the Penetrating Counter Air 6th Generation Fighter. Isn't it... I mean, isn't it a little odd... Isn't it just like a little bit odd that like I know about all this and like I'm a geek about this shit. I read all this shit, but like it's, it's a little weird that we know about it all. And I can only imagine, I would hope that this is what it is, because if it's not and I'm coming up with this idea, then we as a nation are fucked. How come I can't just be interested in like Game of Thrones and football and dating. Why do I have to go down rabbit holes about black projects? Uh, fuck it, I wouldn't have it any other way. But isn't it? I can only imagine that we know they're spying on us, so we are playing it up. We're really convincing them that this is what we're doing. Here, here are the commercials. Here are the fucking articles, and they're like, you know, you know the the Chinese equivalent of CK's fear. Ah, CK's fear. So that they go all in and in turn build it, build their their program to fight it. Oh, fuck. That would be, that would be CK's fear. If you purposely like leaked plans or had like double agents give it to the CCP. What you would do is then you would be the metaphorical MiG-29 and then you would know that the CCP is going to construct their F-15 to fight your MiG-29 and in that way you're kind of forcing their hand. They have to, right? The long complex military industrial complex, the, the you know slow motion jabs, the highway building in the woods. And then if you put out your MiG-29, knowing that the Chinese were going to build their F-15, you would then know what the weaknesses of the F-15 are. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, no. I mean, oh, yeah, that would be awesome. So all the Chinese intellectual property theft, when you have jackasses like me, like, why are we letting them get away with this? Wouldn't it all be intentional? Fuck. When I was in OCHEM 2, and I knew I was studying more than everyone else, and I was getting like 95s on tests, and some other kids were too, and so there was like, a five point no 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 no. I was getting yeah yeah I was getting A's and a couple other kids were getting A's and a lot of people were getting seventies. But I knew these kids were cheating, and I kind of I remember I befriend a little Machiavelli. I remember befriending them in OCHEM two lab summer twenty twelve, and there were some frat guys and they had the leftover tests from you know some guys that all the fraternities had that it was kind of a cool like inner system. But they had the left. They had tests from years prior, right? Maybe one of the TAs was a fraternity alumni, and they paid it off. It's all this system of just you know doing favors for each other, which I respect. But all these entrenched power structures. 
But I remember hating it because it wasn't enough that I just got an A because OCHEM or uh, medical schools didn't just look at how well you did in a class. They wanted to see how well you did compared to everyone else. So, okay, if you got a 99, great. But if the average grade is a 95, it's not that great. And I really fucking hated that these other kids were also getting A's when I knew because everyone else in the class was getting like 50s. But because a couple kids were getting A's, they kind of gave they they still allowed there there, there would be a huge curve. I don't I did not did not understand their logic, not mathematically or even kind of like just loosely. But I remember I hated that these other kids who I knew weren't studying as hard as me, but just had the answers to the tests. So what I was doing is. I remember I got the test from them. I forget what it was. Maybe I gave them some Adderall or something or whatever. Um, and I got those tests and I remember scanning them and then anonymously uploading them to the student forum. So everyone had them. But I only did it like three days before the test. So the professor saw it, obviously, and was like, the fuck's so changed all the questions. Now, with organic chemistry, the, you can't kind of if the answer is 40 and then the, then the professor changes the question so the answer is 39 and you put 40, that's still kind of close because you get partial credit. That's not what organic chemistry is. So if you don't memorize the, if you don't understand it, if you don't have the, if you don't have the cheat sheet, you better understand it upside down and backwards, right? If you're a kid and you have the answers memorized to the test and you know the third question and you know the answer is 25 because the question is 5 times 5, if you wrote 24, a teacher might give you partial credit because you're kind of close. But if the professor changes the question to create okay, whatever, what's 9 times 16, the only way you're getting that right is if you understand math and you go, oh yeah, sure, I got it. And I knew they didn't do it. I knew they didn't understand it. So they weren't just getting, these kids that had the tests, it's not like they were going to get 50s now. They were going to get zeros because the people with 50s at least kind of, they, well, they understood about 50% of it. These kids didn't understand any of it. They just memorized the organic structures. And I remember doing that like halfway through the semester. I remember I got the test early on from them. And it was like, okay. And like I had to study so hard to be able to understand that. And these kids were just memorizing it. And I fucking hated that. I mean, just memorizing the answer. And I remember getting them and I would always upload it like like two or three time, two or three days before the test. And there's four tests throughout the year. And I would just do it every time. And so every time, the, and the professor, it's not like when the professor saw the first test, he was like, all right, let's redo all of them. The professor's human too. He doesn't want to rewrite the test. He's a dude too. He's got off days. He's got weekends. He wants to go fucking, you know, hang out with his kids or whatever. So I'd always wait. I would kind of force the professor's hand doing it all anonymously. And I would just upload it like 72 hours before the test. And so the professor would go like, fuck. Because now it's like, now it's his job, like literally his job on the line. Where he's like, well, I can't, you know there's going to be faculty uproar if they find out kids have the test and I'm not doing anything. So he'd have to change the tests. And so these kids who weren't studying, just memorizing three days, I'm sorry, that's not enough time to completely understand three chapters of organic chemistry. And so they would get zero. So the next highest grades in the class were everyone that got fifties. And then there was me who got a 99. And I did this right before every test and I completely fucked their system. And I didn't go out like if I had uploaded all the tests as soon as I got them, game theory, I wouldn't have gotten as much out of it because now the kids that were memorizing the test would have gone, oh, we're fucked. We got to start studying. No, I fucked them to hell and I would only do it right before. Meanwhile, studying all around the clock to make sure I understood it. So when they shifted all the tests and I was still getting 99s, there was no curve on the class. And so when medical schools looked at it, you got a 99 and the average test score was a 55. Well, that looked good on me. And not only that, when I went in at the end of the end of the summer semester, and I was like, hey, Dr. Hubbard, uh, will you write me a letter of recommendation? And he was like, son, I, I don't know who you are. I have like four classes, each class with 300 students. Just give me your student ID. And I was like, well, I don't want just like a generic letter. And he was like, well, I, I don't know who you, and I gave my student ID and he goes, Tommy Kerrigan? And I go, yeah. And he goes, oh, so you're that guy. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'll write you a letter. He wrote me a great, like, personal letter of recommendation, not just sort of a mad libs fill in the shit. I don't know. Got into medical school. And I remember the guy saying, like, you had, like, an astounding letter of recommendation. So there are, like, precedents for this in my own life that, like, man, 
yeah, if you find out they're spying and building the they're building an analog to the B twenty one or the SR seventy two or the PCA penetrating counter air, you would want to goad them along into doing that, and then you go big dick energy, and you get the ninety nine. So what would be that thing? I don't know. Probably the tic tac. That's probably what it is. That's we think everyone thinks the B twenty one and the SR seventy two and the PCA are the next big things, but those are all fronts for. Tic Tac, and then how would you hide that financially? Black programs, I don't know, you would, you know, well, what happens when every decade or so it seems the Pentagon comes out and goes, yeah, man, I just can't find $8 trillion. Oh, next day is 9-11, oh, well. And the plane hit where the uh, where the accounting for that program is being done. Well, uh-oh, you know. And there's, like, outrage on Reddit for, like, three days. Oh, the government misplaced $4 trillion, and then it's back to Nicki Minaj's ass. You know, where would the trillions and trillions of dollars be going? We'll be going to something like the Tic Tac, yeah. I mean, Ben Rich did say, CEO of Skunkworks, the U.S. government is 50 years of, you gotta know the full quote, is 50 years ahead of anything you can even imagine. George Lucas would be jealous of what we had. If you can imagine it, we've, I'm paraphrasing that, if you can imagine it, we've done it, or we've tried it, and realize it wasn't worth the effort. The U.S. military is among the stars. We have the technology to take ET home. So is the B-21 and the SR-7, are those just, are those our MiG-29s that we are knowingly doing to fuck the Chinese into putting billions of dollars into building an F-15 they're sending them down a wild goose chase? Oh my God. Are we letting them build their whole Belt and Road Initiative? Because unlike dollars, which aren't really real, you just kind of fucking do a little accounting and start printing more shit. It's all fucking fake. Did we goad them into building all those ghost cities? Because what isn't fake is concrete and rebar, actual hard materials, real politic materials, resources. And then they build all those towers that then they collapse because Evergrande or Evergrande uh, defaults. You let them build the Belt and Road Initiative because that's actual hard resources and man hours of construction. And once it's all constructed, then you kind of deal with fatal blow. Oh, wow. Fuck. Yeah, like we don't. Obviously, we foil like other nations' nuclear uh, programs, right? Stuxnet. But there are also darker programs where we would actually, quote-unquote, leak them uh, schematics for reactors that were very time and material and uh, time material and, I guess, brain resources. Your smartest scientists have to work on this. And they would goad them into building these things that actually kind of worked, but they were so, so unthreatening to us that it was okay. But if they're building that, then they can't be building something else that is a threat. Man. Fuck. And then you would lay out traps, too, to see if they are building their own black programs that you don't know about. And I think a trap, one of those traps, I think it's, um, I think it's Bitcoin. I think that's probably an NSA program. If someone has the ability to hack it and basically print yourself free money, you would detect it. And their ability to hack it would imply that they have figured out some sort of uh, encryption cracking. And thus, they have this some sort of supercomputer somewhere. And it would be, yeah, it would be, a, it would be like a silent alarm going off in a bank. Because doesn't China seem really powerful? And don't we as a nation kind of seem like we're crumbling? But don't you appear weak when you're strong and strong when you're weak? I've, I don't even know, man. I, I kind of just blew my own brain.
I don't even know what this episode is going to be titled because it's not really Billion Dollar Spy. I don't know. I guess it would be like, fuck, I need to come up with a title now. What would be the most accurate way to describe this? Black Ops PsyOps? Special Access Program PsyOps? No, because that kind of implies it's something else. Fuck, I don't know. What am I going to title this? God damn it. Well, whoever's listening to this already knows the title because they're watching it or listening to it. But I don't know that. Um... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Black op, Black Ops misinformation. I think it'd be Black Ops psyops. Black Ops psyops. Dogs on top. <clears throat> right. Well. I got an episode in ten minutes with. Mr. David Hoffman. Don't know why I did that voice. Hmm. Military intelligence industrial complex. If somehow you're seeing this video, please bring me on board. I would love to be in the game. I'd love to fucking play this game. Recording stopped.